There is actually a right way and a wrong way to find your mid-mod home improvement inspiration, my friend. Done right, you can light up your mind with great ideas and even reach out to other mid-century homeowners who have just walked the path you're on to find out what they learned. But done the wrong way, your search for ideas can lead you into overwhelm or terminal house envy. Ask me how I know. So today, let's talk about the right way to find, to steal, mid-century style ideas. Hi there. Welcome back to Mid-Mod Remodel. This is the show about updating MCM homes, helping you match a mid-century home to your modern life. I'm your host, Della Hansman, architect and mid-century ranch enthusiast. You're listening to episode 1202. Quick reminder, this is part two of four in our mid-century style guide series. If you missed last week's episode, go check it out. We went all in on identifying your mid-century style along two different lines. First, how much you want to perfectly preserve and versus how much you want to update your home when you plan your home improvement projects. And when are you thinking about when you think mid-century modern? Both of those questions deserve an answer. And it doesn't have to take you long. Just get it done. I also had a special shout out last week to my mid-century vintage lovers. If that's you and you want to keep your house looking as much like a cute little time capsule as possible, then we had words for you. And today we're going to be doing the same with a little pep talk for those people who score mid-mod fusion on my mid-century style quiz. Speaking of which, the resource this week is still the style quiz. Why? Because I want you to go take it. And if you already took it a couple of years ago, good on you, but I'll be giving you something extra. I'm going to follow up by email with everyone who has ever taken the style quiz and give you a few extra folks to follow specifically for you. So keep an eye on your inbox for more resources calibrated to your style of remodeling, whether it is preserving the vintage charm or updating to a modern mid-century look. As always, you'll find that and the show notes with links to other references I make, plus the transcript of the episode at my website, midmod-midwest.com slash 1202. Also, remember, it is a perfect time to sign up for the weekend workshop coming in mid-April on Style Guides. It's going to be great. I will show you the entire Simple Style Guide system from start to finish, the same way I teach it to my ready-to-remodel students, and you can follow along and make your own in real time. So, someone once said, good artists copy, great artists steal. It might have been Pablo Picasso. It might also have been Igor Stravinsky. Faulkner once said something similar, and Steve Jobs definitely said it. But here's the thing. What is the difference? What does it mean to copy an idea or to steal it? Copying means a one-to-one duplicate, maybe a downgrade. It's plagiarism, and it's not cool. But all great designers and artists are inspired by other people, and you can be too. To steal an idea in this context means to see something that's done and get excited about adapting it. It's to be inspired, not to imitate the source, but to spark off of it. So how do you set about to steal mid-century style ideas? Find some great folks to get inspired by. Today, I want to give you permission to get a little obsessed, to become a fan, an appreciator, a stan. And if you needed one, this is your permission slip to find one or ideally a few other mid-century homeowners who have done, in your opinion, everything right in their homes. Now, next week, I'm going to talk to you about how to correctly use a style guide material sheet to protect yourself from the pitfall of house envy or feeling like you can't have the nice things you see on the internet. Because I promise you, you can. But stay tuned for that. Today, I'm going to talk to you about how it's okay to stake out a couple of other mid-century homeowners who've done a great job on their house and documented the heck out of it for the internet. Take them up as your inspiration and follow in their footsteps. Up to a point. 
I did this myself, although I would recommend that you do it a little more differently than I do. Generally, when I fall in love with someone's mid-century Instagram account, I'm thinking about whether their style would work for any of my clients. They don't have to be doing it just exactly the way I would. They just have to be doing it in a way that feels honest and authentic and complete. For you, however, focus on the mid-century accounts, as many as you can find, that seem to be doing it just your way. Now, this came up recently in a ready-to-remodel office hours call. I was talking about distilling your personal mid-century style, and I asked spontaneously if the other people on the call had a favorite example of someone that they hold up their perfect mid-century Instagram account. I'll be honest, I was a little surprised by how quickly they all answered, and then I wasn't. Because each of the person's or couple's favorite Instagram accounts was perfect for their taste based on everything else I already knew about them. One person called out the Jenny James, a great choice. Another claimed 1967 House Down South. Also a fantastic house, quite a different approach. Still another one mentioned the one I just spotted on my own Insta, the Yellow Door House. Again, a fantastic approach to updating a mid-century home, quite distinct from the other two. When I thought about it a little more, I realized they'd just been doing their homework, and it was brilliant. It's so helpful to see other people doing their remodels right, and I often find a homeowner's Instagram account to be a little more approachable than a blog they keep or particularly a magazine feature, which only talks about the finished product and only a little bit about the journey along the way. Instagram accounts will, sometimes, be a little more real with the possibilities, show their work a bit more. I do have a caveat. Beware of fixating on just one other person who seems to be doing it all. Remember, you don't know where they started out from or what their budget was or their time availability or their skill set. It's a little bit of a risk to concentrate too closely on one single home when you're planning to steal mid-century style ideas. Instead, I recommend you pick a small suite of inspiration points rather than just one. When you have more than one ideal, you're more likely to steal and surpass and less likely to copy or to try and fail to copy. Okay, so step one is identify your mid-century heroes. Where are you going to steal mid-century style ideas? Step two is to break down their whole projects into a series of individual good choices. This is where it can really help you to put together a series of style guide sheets. For any part of your home you want to improve on, the kitchen, the living room, a bathroom, make a category. Then break that down into subcategories. Drawer styles, lighting details, door hardware, trim, floor treatments, you name it. Save each one into a Pinterest board by sub-subcategory. Or make mini albums on your phone. Open up a Canva doc and make a collection of images together with annotation text. If you want to, you can even print them and put them in a notebook or rip them out of magazines. But we're talking about Instagram here, so probably want to do this digitally. It can help to note down the specific products that someone else used and mentioned that they love, but don't get too carried away right now by dreaming about exact materials. Again, watch out for copying. You're planning to steal mid-century style ideas, not copy them. So putting together your own set of style guide detail sheets will be so helpful now and in the long run. This is something I do for each and every one of our master plan clients. Uh, I'll use the example of an eat-in space in the kitchen. We talk to our clients about various ways to create a casual hangout or eating space inside their kitchens, if possible, or nearby, if not. Sitting around an island or a peninsula is one modern approach. Another that I love to add into a mid-century remodel that has enough space is a built-in bench, ideally an L-shaped bench, sometimes a booth. It makes a space where you can sit on a padded, comfortable surface and make eye contact with a cook, or if you're the cook yourself, you can sit down and take a load off while keeping an eye on the amount of steam coming out of something on simmer. 
The way we present our master plan clients with their designs is that for the workshop meeting, we prepare two separate documents. One is the solutions package that's full of alternates of plans and perspective sketches of their actual home and how we propose to change it. And the second document is a style guide jammed with example photos, inspiration images, standard design recommendations, and a custom material guide. When I recommend a built-in banquette, a dining area and the kitchen to a client, I usually show them a sketch or two of how it would look in their own home, at least one of our kitchen schemes and the matching perspective sketches of that. But I also have a sheet or two that will show up in their style guide document with photo examples of how a built-in bench works in other mid-century home upgrades or vintage original mid-century homes. We often recommend a bench that appears to float, a wall-mounted unit. This is a great idea in homes where square footage is limited because you can get to see a little bit of the floor extending underneath the bench, which makes any small area feel larger. It's also necessary if you install a bench over baseboard radiators. In other cases, what they need more is storage capacity. So then you can think about a bench that is built right over pull-out drawers. Um, it works nicely actually to use the same kind of drawers you use for the kitchen cabinets, a two-foot deep base cabinet. Now, you might think, if you were thinking critically, that a two-foot deep bench is pretty uncomfortable to sit on. We want a chair to be no more than 18 inches deep. But that actually gives you a nice amount of space to tip out an angled bench back, because it's also not very comfortable to sit up at a right angle with your back to the wall. So this allows us room to create a nice gentle back slope with room for cushions and padding and still plenty of storage underneath. We'll show people different examples, different types of built-in floating or storage benches from different projects in different homes. So where will you start? I bet you already have a favorite mid-century Instagram account or two at the top of your list where you can start to steal mid-century style ideas. But what I recommend you do is spend a little more time curating your choices. Focus on the projects where the homeowner is doing things as close as possible to the way you would, a close match for your remodeling style and the mid-century moment or era you have identified in the last week's episode. If your most commonly viewed accounts don't line up, go find a few that do. Remember, go take the mid-century style quiz and I will follow up afterwards with an additional list of some of my favorite mid-century Instagram homeowner accounts for each remodeling type to follow. Now, if your remodeling style is right down the middle, between preserving the vintage and updating to a more modern style, if you hit mid-mod fusion, then let's step aside and chat for a minute. Here are my words of wisdom, especially for you, friend, and they come from the heart because this is my own personal style type, even though I work with clients on either end of the spectrum. For we who love mid-century fusion, mid-mod fusion, you'll find yourself waffling between the two ends of the spectrum. In some cases, you might really enjoy a retro throwback design move, but you're not trying to live in a museum. You want to live in your home. So in other cases, you choose a more modern option. Often, we're going to opt for reproductions. For you, the IKEA kitchen cabinet rebuild with the semi-handmade covers or another semi-custom drawer front is almost always the right answer. But you want to watch out for losing too much of your mid-century flavor. And you especially want to watch out for slipping into the trends of today that tie back to the wrong moment in history. So much of what's on HGTV right now, and also consequently in big box stores and supply houses, pulls from the cottage era, the 1930s. So I want you to avoid following that like your home style depends on it. For the mid-mod fusion folks out here, here are a list of do not do's. No to subway tile. 
Now you can use subway shaped tiles if you orient them in a grid pattern where all of the grout lines line up, but don't use that alternating sort of traditional brick style subway pattern. It's gonna make your house look like an HGTV special. It will try to be looking like a 1930s cottage and it won't. Please avoid shaker cabinets. This is a detail that does not line up with mid-century style. It's fussy and it's sort of simple and fancy in the wrong kind of way. You're looking for slab fronts in almost every case. Please avoid painting your woodwork and painting your brick. This is gonna be an easy temptation to make a place feel fresh and make sure it's not tipping too much to the vintage or the preservationist style, but it nearly always goes wrong and I don't want you to end up regretting this. Also, especially beware of gray. And I say this as a woman who has painted both the inside and the outside of her house gray. Only paint surfaces that can be repainted. And if you go too heavy with the gray, you're gonna end up looking like you've tipped over into modern mid-century and you've given up on mid-mod fusion. Finally, this is for everyone and for all the marbles. No brush nickel. Brush nickel is a material of the 1990s and early 2000s. It has no place in a mid-century house. If you want a silver colored metal, go for shiny or do something that suits our mid-mod fusion hearts. Choose a rose gold or uh, an aged bronze, but definitely avoid anything in your house that's made from brushed nickel. Here's the other thing. We people who love mid-mod fusion are particularly at risk if we're working with a team of builders and suppliers who don't share any mid-century appreciation with us. That's because it has a result of naturally just taking us too far away from our start point based on their default thinking. You might choose a mix of original mid-century furniture pieces and modern built-ins to pick up on their stain colors and some details, but watch out for the details that creep in based on the assumptions of your team. Again, you don't have to have a single original mid-century item in your house, and you can still have a lovely mid-mod flavor by picking up the materiality, the colors, the wood stains and grains of some of those original choices, as long as you avoid the subway tile, the shaker cabinets, and painting your brick gray. Definitely have a look when you're house hunting at the untouched time capsule houses, because that's an opportunity for people like us to make surgical, intentional changes rather than having to start from scratch. But if you find yourself with a flip, you can carefully tune it back by re-replacing the doors, re-replacing the trim, and sort of undoing some of those thoughtless choices made in the past. All right, for everybody, let's recap this episode's lesson. Basically, I want you on the hunt, not for ideas to copy, but for places to steal mid-century style ideas and then adapt them for your own home. It can help to choose one, or better, several other mid-century homeowners who have made choices you like to upgrade their homes. Don't worry about making your house look just like theirs. That almost never works, unless you move in next door to someone in an Eichler or a tract house development and then do yours up to match theirs precisely. That would be super creepy, by the way or the subject of a good horror movie? I don't know, I don't watch a lot of horror. The point is, once you've started to find inspiration, start to pull it apart, dissect it for the great component ideas, and document it in a way that you'll be able to track down later. Doesn't have to be pretty, but it does have to work. Send me, by the way, an Instagram DM with your favorite mid-century homeowner account listed, and I'll feature them in a story. Or go ahead and send me two or three or four. Once again, you'll find the show notes at midmod-midwest.com 1202. Grab the links I mentioned and see an outline of what we've just covered. Plus, sign up for the Style Guide Clinic while the early bird price lasts and get excited for next week on the podcast, when I'll be singing some songs for people who want to modernize their mid-century home 
without sterilizing it. And I'll have advice for all of you on how you can use your style guide material sheet to make that happen for your home on your budget. The same method works regardless of your preservation style, so don't panic. This episode is for everyone. See you next week, and send me your mid-century style inspirations. Where are you going to steal your mid-century style ideas from? 